What's up, guys? Welcome to Breaking Walls, episode number 35. My name is James Scully. Today on Breaking Walls, I sit down for a conversation with musician, artist, art director, all-around wonderful human being, Samantha Leone, about things and tips that we can do to use our own vulnerability to push ourselves forward, both creatively and generally in life. Sam comes from Yonkers. She went to school, college, to be a visual artist. She has since, on top of being a visual artist, picked up a guitar for the first time since childhood and become a musician again. And Sam talks about the road leading up to becoming a musician again, the kind of vulnerability that performing on stage and writing your own music brings out in a person and that kind of empowerment that leads to better things down the road. As I always say, you can get these podcasts by going to soundcloud.com slash thewallbreakers. If you are on iTunes, search for The Wall Breakers. If you're going to do that, rate, review, subscribe, please tell a friend, tell two friends. Word of mouth spreads these stories around, and I really appreciate that very much. This podcast, we're on episode number 35. I feel very proud of that, and I feel like Samantha Leone is a very fitting guest for episode number 35 here in February of 2016. So I'm not going to take up any more time. Please stay tuned for our conversation with Samantha Leone right after this brief pause. What's up, guys? Back on Breaking Walls. My guest today is the incredibly talented musician, art director, and all-around wonderful human being, Samantha Leone. And I wanted to sit and talk with Sam about tips on how to use our own vulnerability as a tool for personal and creative growth. She's an artist. She's a musician. She knows all about these kinds of needs and the ability to use vulnerability to do this. So welcome, Sam, to the podcast. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Thanks, James, for letting me hang today. Absolutely. (laughs) Sam and I have been trying to get together in person for weeks now. I think it's been eight consecutive times our plans. We yeah. almost just canceled them. Okay. We're always connected by the soul. I feel like we're always having conversations offline, even like through the ether, you know? That's true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. 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 So. First, I want to ask you right off the bat, what the demographic was like growing up in Yonkers. Now I'm from Brooklyn. You're from Yonkers. That's not geographically all that far from each other. You're just north of the Bronx where you're from, but I don't know anything really. I've never, never hung out in Yonkers. I don't really know about Yonkers all that much about what it's like to grow up in Yonkers. Was there lots of diversity? Did you feel a lot of acceptance? What does it feel like to grow up on the outskirts of the biggest city in the world? Yonkers is funny because it's a really, really big city. It's very night and day, especially back in the early 90s when I was growing up, uh, or you know, late 80s, early 90s when I was growing up. Like it was very like, super, super nice, and then kind of super, super ghetto. You mean depending on, like, which street you went down, basically? It wasn't always so clean-cut. Like, there would always be some blocks that were kind of run down adjacent next to, like, some super, you know, well-developed areas. It was a little bit weird. Like, there was still racial profiling back in the day. It was my block was predominantly Hispanic and Black, and okay. just like a happy, like we were a happy little neighborhood. Like as kids growing up, like we, you know, we were enjoying like our little barrel 25 cent juices and the ice cream truck and stuff. And we didn't, you know, it's funny because we never really understood things like racism or anything until, until it kind of just like pops up in your face, you know, and you realize that like you actually don't have a lot of things because other people have a lot of things. And I don't know, it's a weird, maybe I shouldn't say, maybe I shouldn't put it that way because I don't want to like stir anything. But, you know, growing up, they, I was like not allowed to go into academically talented schools because they like met their Asian quota already, you know? Okay. And, you know, as, as a kid, like my parents were super strict and especially academically and they like pushed me and my brother really hard and we were on our shit and still getting kind of locked out of stuff you know it's just doesn't really matter you know what race you are but there was always um it was that time where like we were really trying to like get out of like the idea of like racial profiling across the board but it was it you know it was a little bit tough like it was a little you know there was it was a little like it was a little rough you know it's just Mm -hmm. especially when 
you're dealing with families who don't have that much money you're trying to figure figure everything out um but it was you know it was overall it was it was fine it was, it was fine the kids were fine and we um did the best with what we had sure yeah so yeah. Do you believe that growing up on the outskirts of a massive city like New York, and I don't know if you know this, but I recently learned that in the 1890s when New York City was picking up the other boroughs to create greater New York, yeah. it was assumed that Yonkers would become part of the Bronx. And Yonkers is the only county in the entire New York state that's in the area of New York City that voted no to not be part of greater New York. And to be its own independent city. It was like Yonkers didn't want any part of being in New York City. But that's just an interesting tidbit that I just found out recently. And, and maybe it makes sense because you said it's a little bit rough. You're growing up on the outskirts of the city. Do you think that's a good thing to have it a little bit rough, see other available things that you maybe don't have right now, but could possibly aspire to, both materialistically and emotionally otherwise? The exposure of being in New York City. If it doesn't crush you, does it make you strong then? Yeah, but you don't you don't find that out until later on. You know, any any adversity that you that you experience, you know, it could it, it crushes you in the meantime, but then when you come out of it, you're like, oh shit, I survived that. You know, in the moment it could it could be so, so painful. I mean from at least in my personal experience, whatever things that you kind of witness people going through, like for example, it's like getting catcalled. I feel like that's kind of a big thing in, you know, in the city. And growing up, I was like this, you know, super chubby kind of nerdy kid, you know. And then all of a sudden, um, I find myself being the only Asian girl, like, on the block. And the reason why, like, I was an, you know, like, it was the only Asian girl on the block is because my parents had a lot of problems um, with immigration. And we, we, you know, we wound up in New York kind of completely starting over. So we were mm -hmm. we didn't have that much money. We wound up kind of just being with the super modest, super, I don't know, kind of like in, in more of like a hard knock block. So mm -hmm. I, growing up, I find myself like the only pubescent like teenager like I was standing on the corner and like there are people harassing you because you stick out. And sure. these are things that you're kind of just like, innocence is being challenged and you kind of deal with things that can be really, really scary. And when you make it past those things, you realize like, Oh, you know, it start it start like reflecting upon it kind of helps you piece together like the things that actually make you strong and the things that like you can actually put together and, and be able to withstand as as you have to experience more and more later on. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, for me. I think everybody has the ability to stick out from the crowd. You know, we're all individuals who have unique personalities, therefore we all are in our own ways lightning rods. So it's almost like owning the individualness, owning Samantha as like, this is me. Yeah, I stick out. Okay, so I'm going to get catcalled. And now 20 years later, you know, or however many years later, you're writing viciously honest love songs, you know? So it's like. Well, yeah, sorry if I'm kind of like, you know, zigzagging back and forth. No, not at all. But, you know, it's, it's funny because the vulnerability, being able to, to really and honestly expose who you are and how you feel at you know any at a particular time you know that that's one thing you know but the, you know the thing that i've kind of been learning to as um as i've been going along is that it's it's your it's also your um what you allow the things that you feel to mean in your life if i'm completely open and i'm allowing myself to show people like there it's so they're here it's like it's kind of two part it's like okay okay so here is here I am, I'm afraid, or I'm hurt, or I'm happy. There's this honesty that like you can allow people to kind of see, and to kind of connect with. Maybe you can sort of be a mirror for them to kind of like say, hey, like we all feel these things. But the second part of it too is, what is your perspective too on your own vulnerability? Like if I'm hurt about something, what am I gonna let that mean in my own life too? You know, because we can all watch the same movie, but like when you when you like kind of interview everybody about what they thought about the movie, everyone's stories are going to be completely different. So if I'm like, okay, I'm hurt because I felt really, really vulnerable when that person like made me feel uncomfortable when they catcalled me. It's like, do I allow that to defeat my? Do, do I allow that to like scare me to never be able to walk out again, or do yeah. I? 
allow myself to use that and be like, you know what, like how do I use that to be able to empower myself in some way? But ultimately, how can my honesty like really speak out to somebody else and be like, hey, you know what, like if I'm scared, maybe maybe if I'm honest enough, maybe I can see that like, I don't know, somebody else might be scared and we can kind of heal together, you know? So Absolutely. that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't really matter like where you come from. I mean, you know, being like kind of on the outskirts of the city, you kind of get challenged, hold your ground and hold your center maybe more than like other people who don't have to face so much adversity, you know, day to day to day when they don't have to see so much mm-hmm. crap day to day to day. But it's like, how do you like kind of clear out all that clutter to be able to kind of like get back in touch with, with what is most what's most important you know sure yeah Um, how are you clearing out the clutter now i want to tell people that i met you in college at pratt when i first met you you were a computer graphics major you then switched to being an art direction major slash graphic design i've also worked with you for a few years of both of our careers yeah yeah Um, i know now you've known each other forever (laughs) we have yeah over 10 years now but I, I, I guess what I want to point out is that you went to art college, you became a professional artist, graphic designer, working in the advertising industry, and sometime later, deep into our own friendship, this is not too, too many years ago even, you picked music back up. Mm-hmm. And you obviously were lacking fulfillment at that moment and wanted to discover more closely who you are inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so when you're talking about the adversity and the fulfillment, I, I, I'm finding that these days I ask myself, is this fulfilling or is it not? And that's how I can kind of judge that. Because at the end of the day, I, I'm finding that that's what I'm really searching for. And I think most people, whether or not they vocalize it that way or not, yeah. that is what they're searching to, to feel fulfilled, to live a fulfilling life. You know, like you were just saying, do I allow someone's cat calling to make me never want to leave my house again, AKA live in fear of being me. Or do I look around and see that so many other people are feeling the same thing and actually we can connect with each other at the same time. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like it's, you know, we started this conversation kind of looking at a tiny, tiny little piece of like this huge, you know, this huge picture that, you know, throughout our lives, like we're trying to create, we're trying to visualize, trying to see. And I think what I've learned is that, um, or what I believe too, is all of our highest purpose is to be able to help and heal one another. We all have something, we all have our own vehicles, our own ways of being able to serve. You know, you can be a cook and, you know, you heal people through food, you're a teacher, you teach, you know, it's like, we all do something to be able to like hold hands with somebody else, you know, to, like, wash like another hand. But I want to stop you for a second and say that I think it's important for people to know that when I say that, or when you say that, that doesn't mean that you should be giving up who you are to be helping other people. It means that you should live exactly who you are and yeah. that in and of itself will yeah. help people. That's the thing. Like, there are so many people who, ignore that calling and then that's when they wind up just like kind of living mindlessly you know day to day but it's when you start to listen to who you are that you kind of can't help but to answer a calling to serve something bigger right you know so you know as you grow and as you figure shit out it's like you know yeah i went to art school because there's something that stirred me emotionally about being able to you know like colors made me feel you know it's like you kind of just like yeah. Subconsciously follow where this where this fulfillment is, is beginning to come from. Right. So you're like, oh well, I can perhaps serve whatever it is that I might be serving, because this is what my mind was doing when I was 16, 17 years old, you know, and like then not really having it all figured out yet. You go, you know, you're just like, I can help people to feel. Because if I if if this shit can make me feel something, then maybe I can do something cool to be able to make other people feel the way that I'm feeling, you know? Sure. And then that evolved to, well, music was always kind of like a deeply, 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 deeply rooted thing for me because 
um, you know how they say to your thing, your calling is usually the thing that um, it's like the path of least resistance, you know? It's Which like, is usually what scares you the most too. Oh, totally. I mean, talent, like so many people have that special something that they do, you know, and my special something happened to be singing and and writing poetry and I was just like oh fuck you know and I grew up in a family where like my you know my parents were like you need to go to school you need to study you need to it's always kind of like you need to work and earn something and mm -hmm. I'm singing my little butt off like keeping up with Mariah Carey as a 10 year old and being like okay well I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do with this because I never worked for it so I can't possibly be good enough to do any of this you know like I didn't know I was I was using I was doing it all wrong but so after school, after college, it was like, yeah, you know, this, this whole like visual arts thing is totally fulfilling one part of me, but there's something else that like I need to also do. And it, you know, as you go on, you're like, well, you know what, if, yeah, it's like, it was almost like, it's almost acting as like a stepping stone for me in a way. So it's like, if I can do these visual arts to help people feel something, music kind of was like, mm, maybe I could do this to kind of help people to heal. Mm -hmm. And that allowed me to be more vulnerable. Because I feel like when you go to art school, you're like, all right, I need to get a job. I need to get a job. And I need to like, sadly, you know, I was one of those people who couldn't kind of figure out how to like be vulnerable and be completely creative in this like art job field. So you know, music was the way for me to be able to be fully vulnerable, fully open, fully creative. And as I got over the fear of doing that, I realized that I was, that my ability to be vulnerable acted as a sort of like, is, is beginning to act as like a mirror to others and being like, oh shit, like I felt that way too. Like, mm -hmm. thank you for being brave enough to, to say this this thing or to do this thing or you know to show us who you are because you make me feel like I can therefore show who I am and then it's just a self-fulfilling thing you know everybody winds up being more open and being more real with each other and all of the guards the teeth go away you know like and all of a sudden, like you're you're having like really fulfilling, open, fully open conversations and rewarding conversations, and trying to you know then you, then you find yourself like trying to do something bigger than yourself, and in that we wind up healing each other, and then recognizing and that other people are doing their things to kind of contribute to something even more that can heal us ultimately. You know, I don't know. You know, I want to hit on a few points that you just mentioned earlier. Yeah. You said in terms of your singing and how to approach what to do with this passion of yours, I was going about it all wrong. But I don't think that you had the foundation to know how to, at that point in time, to go about it the right way, because kind of to lead into something else, and I've been taught the same thing, and I think the majority of people are taught this, especially those from middle-class families. You got to get a job. You got to get a job. You got to get a job. But that doesn't say anything about passion or anything. Well, what is passion? Does that put food on the table? Well, if it's fucking done right, it puts a ton of food on the fucking yeah. table. This is what I'm going to be best at. Yeah. And the other thing about healing, everybody has something special that they love or they would love to pursue. And it's just a matter of how much fear they have to pursue it, essentially. You know, how much ability that they have to conquer that fear what kind of foundation they, they've well, been yeah, given that's the thing because like you know we, we grow like we are in we're in a system that it, it's so you know there's a system it doesn't you know when they say when you know when they say to like trust the path mm -hmm. you know try you have sometimes you don't know where the fuck you're gonna wind up but you know that like you're gonna wind up somewhere because your heart is telling you that the system that we're in doesn't allow you to have that that kind of faith and imagination you know, so we go through everything that we go through. I mean, you school, kindergarten, school, whatever, you know, high school, college, job, what have you. It's like you're just kind of hanging out. You're hanging onto the side of the pool, allowing yourself to, like, fucking go on the high board and jump. I was recently listening to an interview with Freddie Prince Jr., and he is super cool. <laughs> I've never heard any kind of 
uh-huh. interview with him ever in my entire life. And he was super conscious and super cool. Oh. And he was just talking about life and his, his life growing up. And one of the things he said was, you know, when you're a child, education comes to you. But when you're an adult, you have to seek it out. And it's very important to keep seeking out that kind of education because you'll keep growing. Because like what you just said, and I think it's very important for people to realize it. And in a lot of these conversations with peers of yours and mine that I've had on these interviews, everybody says something similar. It's impossible to know what 15 steps down the road is. I can't know that because what I need to do is trust me that I know what this next step is. And as I go, I'll continue to trust me to know what to do. And the other thing that you said was about your career as a, as a visual artist. It's not totally unfulfilling to you. Otherwise you would never be involved in it in the first place, but it wasn't in totality totally fulfilling for you. And it made you seek other things out. And I also think that that's a very important thing that people need to know that you got to be balanced in life. Yeah. Some people have all their eggs in one basket and they are very fulfilled. And I'm personally not one of those people. So it's hard for me to, to understand that. And I think that we go through periods of time in our lives where most of eggs in one basket and it's fulfilling for a time. And, and you, Samantha, at February 6, 2016, musician, on February 6, 2026, you're going to be in a totally different place with a whole other set of things that are going to fulfill you. And some of those things might still be there, but you're going to pick up and discard as you go. Life, and really think man, like, that is life. Right. It's fucking life. Yeah, exactly. It's- you know, it's easy. Like, we're li- like, that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I just, sometimes I just look at the, you know, education system is a, it's a good wireframe. Yeah, nothing can be perfect. But like, you know, like there, then there comes a point where you kind of have to take authority over your own shit. Like, I mean, unfortunately, like, you know, we're so much, especially our generation, we're so fucked up the ass with student loans that like, it makes it impossible to, to imagine like, oh, like, God forbid I change my fucking mind. God forbid, like, I, I run into something at 24 that completely changes my life and I want to go and like, find out more about that like, well and the other problem is a lot of our of our parents generation now my my mother is much younger than than your parents but they are from a similar mindset in that well that's not realistic you made a decision and it's like well that's like getting married and realizing in six months that this is a mistake and then being married for 60 years to the same person and being miserable why would you just want to be miserable like so evolved well with fucking punches like you're a lot it's hard it's allowed- super hard your mind you're allowed to change your mind you're allowed to be good and more than one thing you're allowed to you know you're allowed to find fulfillment in different areas of your life you know they say that our generation is that we have some like fucked up sense of entitlement but it's like no like at least like between you and me like it's like no like we're not entitled we're just i mean actually we are we are entitled to an to an extent because like you know we're like not entitled as in like we want to be able to take away from other people. Not not entitled as in you know we're trying to like you know step on other people's feet. It's like no, like there's enough abundance for everybody. Yes, there's, all, there's enough room because everyone is so unique from one another. Like everyone that's similar at the same time. Yeah, similar at the same time. But we're not you know if it's if we all go in with a healthy mindset, like we we're not going to be biting other people's hands to get shit. You know? No, we'll be hugging each other. Exactly. We're allowed to change our minds. We're allowed to change our minds. We're allowed to grow. We just are. You know, like not yeah. to say that we don't stick by our commitments, you know, because there are some things that, you know, you kind of have to hold true and, and things are, you know, meant to be tested through time and, and, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and getting over shit and fighting and destroying and rebuilding. Like there are those things and healing and whatnot like they are there are those things but like at the same time like you know like that's the beauty of life it is it is it is there's no there's no one cut there's no one way to go about any of it unfortunately we're in a society where like you know they they're we're we're forced to kind of like have it all figured out and to and to have it play out like that for you know the rest of our lives and I think you would agree that that breeds an incredible amount of insecurity in people because oh, enough shit. is never enough then. Oh, you have billion-dollar companies 
who are trying to figure out ways, you know, b- companies with billion dollar profit margins who are looking at their books going, well, we need to make a billion five next year. And it's like, for what? Why do you need another 500 million? Why can't you? Uh, oh, but that can open up a whole other, <laughs> that can open up a whole other, you know, shit of like just shit. Anyway, but I mean, you know, it's like, you're insecure. Go to the doctor. They give you a pill for being a fucking human being for a day, you know? like To circle back to an overarching point that I think people can relate to, the most important aspect of being vulnerable and being okay with it and not looking at it necessarily even as being vulnerable just looking at it as this is just me at my life is looking in the mirror and saying that you're full of worth and never being never needing to apologize who you truly are on the inside and expressing that Mm -hmm. so long as it's honest that's the point you know absolutely and in that people tend to see what in a sense, what they want to see. A lot of times people are, you know, they're a mirror of you. You know, the people, the people who you attract into your life, they are attracted into your life because you, in a way, you know, are them. You're on you the, asked for them. You asked for them. You wanted them, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's cool. Actually, I was, um, I was talking to a friend and he was saying that, um, you um they're actually able to actually measure the electromagnet like the electro i don't know magnetism that that you have in your that you have in your body like as you you know kind of switch through different moods mm-hmm. and, um it's kind of true it's like you you change your frequency and you're going to kind of bring the people of the same frequency like into your into your radar into your you know into your circle and like the people who are on different frequencies are just gonna like you're either gonna sabotage those or they're just gonna fall off so like being able to strip away all the bullshit being able to strip away all the crap and being able to just kind of like cut to the chase and be like hey this is who i am for a b and c reasons you're going to be able to make those connections that can validate everything that you're going through you and i happen to believe very strongly in energy and even if you strip away both of our uh, similar spiritual beliefs and you just look at it from a conscious earth level, you know, sure. electricity is energy, waves are energy, etc. Energy exists. It really does. We can feel like you just said, you know, sometimes you, you meet a person and you want to pull them in. And sometimes you meet a person and you're like, get this person away from me right now. I don't know why, but I need to not be in the room with them. When you're on stage performing, Sam, when all of that energy is being directed towards you, it's something that can crush you or anybody. It, c- it can be very overwhelming or it could make you float and rise and, and really be open both in arms and, and in self-assuredness at the same time. Mm-hmm. For you personally, can you articulate what it is like to stand up in front of a room and command them? <laughs> That's funny. Um, commanding is a funny word. You're right. I think that's actually a poor choice of words on my part. I apologize. How about be open with them? Sure. I mean, you know, it's funny because I think that when an honest song or when somebody who's being completely like, you know, before I, before I directly answer your question, it's like one, I was at an open mic one time and there was this guy who went up on stage and he, you know, didn't have anything he did he wasn't a musician he was just a regular guy and he was like i want to read my e-harmony profile out loud and mm-hmm. he just he just opened up a piece of paper and was like i'm a simple guy looking for love this is what i do every day i get up put on my socks brush my teeth it was just the way that he was he allowed again. He allowed himself to be real. He allowed. He wore his heart on his sleeve. So from a from a an audience point of view, like in a way, he was commanding the attention of of everyone in the audience because, you know, that's the thing. Like it's the vulnerability is so powerful. The vulnerability is a strength. You know, we use it as like, or you know, you use it as a as a as a strength. Even though it feels sometimes it feels like right, you're you're right. Sometimes it feels like you can 
be completely suffocated up there. It might tie around to a little bit more of that spirituality stuff, but when, you know, when I'm up there, everything goes blank. You know, I feel like when you allow yourself to get away from, to get out of yourselves' way, yeah, just open up completely and you're like, you know what, like, I can't even control myself, but I have, I have all this shit that I, I want to, that I'm feeling that I want to be able to express you kind of channel something bigger, you know? And then, like, your mind, my mind goes blank, and I don't really know what happens, and then I come back, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I just I just did that. <laughs> I just so would you say that some of what it feels like to be on stage isn't really, it's, it's meditative. It's almost as if you're not really on stage at all. You're not even there. You are there. Right. But it's not the absence of mind. It's almost like the elevation of mind. That's, that's, <laughs> I, humbly, I humbly say that. <laughs> I humbly agree with that. Because it is meditative. It's hypnotic. I really don't know if I would call that commanding a room. I wrote something about this the other day. What we do, or, you know, I think a lot of musicians, a lot of poets who who try to really, really write with complete openness and try to channel something that's a little bit higher than them. We're not necessarily trying to entertain. You know, like there are a lot of people who like have this whole like thing mapped out in order to be able to command, to really try to like be able to sway a room. But sometimes when we're up there, it's like we're not necessarily trying to sway. We're just trying to connect be open and we're trying to be real and to be honest the natural effect of that is to open up an audience what's more important i or we do you know what i mean as in i i i i or we like even that the words it seems to be that well, they need we each other. sounds better to, they do need each other because there is no i without we absolutely no. so in that regard what i'm what i'm getting to is when you're on stage, it's not that you're commanding the room, like we're saying, you're just sharing energy with people and they're sharing it back with you. You just happen to be over there and they happen to be over here, but you're connecting at the same time. Sure. Yeah. It's funny. It was the other day, um, we were at a show and I was like, shit, like I, I, we were at, we were at, um, we were at a friend's show and he was on stage, but I felt like, but the way that the stage was all set up, it's like, the people in the crowd couldn't really feel, like, especially in the back, they couldn't even really feel like what he was kind of dishing out on stage. And I was like, you know what? If I really had a choice, I would be able, I would just like move him to the middle, like the complete middle of the audience. I don't like feeling separate. I don't want to feel separate. From Does anybody? You know, I don't know. I, I, that, mm, I don't know for sure. Some people, maybe, I, maybe you can make the argument that there are some people who like to feel like they are above people while being on stage. I don't know. Then there are folk, again, who just, like, want to remind you that we are all part of the same thing. Singing just happens to be my vehicle. But, you know, you bring people to a restaurant. That's being orchestrated by, like, you know, by some chef. You know, like, the chef is the one who, like, brings out, he, he's the one who rolls out the entire, you know, the entire menu. But we all wind up sitting and rejoicing over something that, you know, and healing and, and, and nourishing ourselves over something that somebody orchestrated. You know, it's kind of the same thing. It's the same shit. It's the same model, the same principle. As you're going down this pipeline as a performing artist now, and we're into 2016, and I think it's interesting to me also that you're performing as a musician, and it's one of your main passions, and you're not unhappy at your day job. I've wondered a long time in my life, was it anger that drove me to be better? And I think at some points it was, but now I'm not necessarily unhappy at what I do during the day to make money while I figure out passions on the side. And I also think then it's important for me to remember, okay, then don't create unhappiness either. Be fine with it all. Like, just live, just enjoy it, be patient. Where are you right now? in terms of that where are you both with your what you're making money for a living how like 
what are areas that you still struggle with in terms of vulnerability or, or grounding, balance, those kinds of things? That's an awesome, that's an awesome question. Yeah, actually, you know, for a long time I was, you know, struggling with, I struggled very much with like sitting at a job that wasn't fulfilling, you know, working 40, 50 hours a week and not being able to really find, you know, any fulfillment from it. Um, and then being really tired coming home. The, you know, it's funny because I feel like the universe kind of like sorts itself out, you know, so going through different jobs and finally, I'm finally at a point where I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm okay and grateful for where I am right now. What I'm learning is that gratitude is everything. Like, um, gratitude is kind of like the baseline. It's not negative and it's not positive. I mean, you know, so it's kind of like, I'm grateful for my day. You know, I'm grateful that, that my job is sustaining me, even though I know that it's not going to be like my ultimate, you know, or where I want to be ultimately. Appreciating the stepping stones, understanding that you need to go through certain motions in order to build a path and build a bridge to where you need to go. I'm working with a healer now, and he's totally helping me trying to figure out how to be able to center the gratitude and center the goodness. And one of the things that he's taught me on top of the whole gratitude part is that your, your mood kind of defines you really, because if you're in a shitty mood and you're like, fuck my job, fuck everybody at my job, fuck everything. Then like from an energy perspective, you're really just pushing your dreams away. Yeah. It's toxic. Know? Yeah. You're pushing, you're pushing everything that you go like, you know, there's no, cause there's no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts to get from, from A to B. Like you have to be able to, to be the right, amount of energy the right kind of energy to be able to channel yourself to getting to where you want to go but if you're but if every single day you're like hey i'm grateful i know that what i'm doing is a stepping stone and i and i understand that like this is where i want to be and this is how it's this is how it makes me feel and this is why i want to go towards that way it's kind of like getting yourself it's positioning yourself to be able to like take the elevator and have it finally open up on the floor that like you need it to open up on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it also helps you be present in the moment, wherever you want to be and wherever you've been, you're not in either of those places. Like you and I right now are having this conversation and that's the only thing that we're doing. You know, that's, that's where life is at this moment. Exactly. And you know, that's the thing. There are so many people who who, like waste out, you know, they wait, they miss out on so much of their lives because they're projecting too much on the future that they don't see. They don't see like what's right in front of them. Well, what's right in front of you right now? What's coming down the pipeline? You, <laughs> you're hanging out right now. Oh gosh. Well, no, I, I have a show Wednesday if I can get rid of this cold, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like that's, it's this cold. Like, you know, I, I, I got sick last week and or started, I began to get sick last week and I'm just, I'm like, you know, the whole week I'm like, fuck, fuck this cold, fuck this cold, you know, like, I hate everything, because this cold is, like, gonna fuck up my show on Wednesday, you know, so then I was, like, progressively getting worse, annoyed, annoyed, and, like, it's a self-fulfilling thing, and I'll, and I'll get, you know, I'll, I'll get into that um, in a second, but it's, like, this morning, I meditated, and I was, like, you know what, if I keep saying that this coal is fucking me up, then this cold is going to continue to fuck me up. So, like, towards the end of the meditation, I'm like, you know what? I have to convince myself, like, I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. You know? And then by the end of the meditation, I, like, opened up my phone, and um, this, like, be- this like Beyonce video, or no, this Michael Jackson video, music video came on, but it was, like, overdubbed with, with like, a Beyonce song. And it like totally, you know, it's funny because like once you, once you like get yourself in the right mind space, everything else will begin to validate that mind space, you know? So like I immediately was like, you know what? I'm turning my day around. And I mean, yeah, you can kind of still hear the shittiness in my nose, but I mentally feel better. So my day is not like, I'm just going to sit my ass on the couch and like ultimately um, and this is another thing that I'm that I'm learning from my friend slash healer slash wonderful person. <laughs> he taught me very much like 
the mind is so beautiful. It's so powerful that, you know, the thing that you focus on the most in your conscious mind will trigger, will, will ask your, I mean, your subconscious, it'll make your subconscious mind validate everything that you're feeling in your, in your conscious mind. So you're like, I'm having a shitty day. This cold's getting me down. So your subconscious is going to constantly come up with things. It's like, yeah, you know, like your fucking face is puffy, you know, just giving you all of this evidence that's going to validate that you're having a shitty day. But like, if you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm well, you know what, like, you're okay. You're totally, it could be a lot worse. You're totally fine. And I've had like a brilliant day. I've had a brilliant day. We we went outside, we went for a walk. Um, We uh, walked past an organic food store and we all, we both got, but my boyfriend and I, we both got juices and like, you know, your, your mind just kind of, you know, when you're, you're in a positive mindset, your um again your like your energy changes and you start to like attract things that are good for you and that are positive for you and at the end of the day I'm like I'm cool um so yeah sorry I mean I I like kind of um you know got, went off on a tangent there but to, to your original question it's like yeah you know I do have days where I struggle with stuff where I'm still like fuck everything but at the end of the day like I'm I've consciously like uh, wrap my head around the value of having gratitude or being um, grateful for where you are in order to be able to hit up the next level, whatever the next level is. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's also important, I think, to note that, like you're saying, just by changing the mindset from a negative one to a positive one, everything that you look at, you notice different things. Then instead of oh, yes, and it's very true that your subconscious mind does that. I find that on days where I'm frustrated about something, I'll start to think about people or events that are totally unrelated to the situation. And then I'll be pissed off at these people or this history of an event. And it's like, but this, I've been trying to get into the mindset also of stopping myself and saying, is this real right Mm. now? No, this isn't real. You're just bullshitting yourself. Okay. Then don't do that because it's just going to make you have to go to the bathroom or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to ruin your day. Like, you're just going to feel like crap, like, like you're saying. That's the thing. Like, we make up our realities, you know? There's Absolutely. This, it's lit between time. our ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the, like the, the world is just happening. Right. <laughs> I just think it's important to note that, like, okay, you have a cold right now. Mm-hmm. That's just an event. Like, that's a fact. Samantha has a cold. Mm-hmm. But everything about that cold is how you choose to deal with it. Now, granted, there are instances, this is the worst scenario that I can think of off the top of my head. This, this didn't happen to me, so I'm making this up. My sister was raped and murdered. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that you have a, a pretty good right to be angry and upset about, etc. But at the same time, it still is a fact that of an event that's happened and how you cope and, and grow from it and deal with it is going to push your life in different directions one way or another. Like the world is happening, whether or not we are strong enough to deal with it or not. Mm-hmm. And it's on us to, to be strong enough and say, there's a path. strength to me means the path to happiness. That's what I'm saying. Like fulfillment, self-fulfillment. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you said a lot of things there. I mean, one thing that all of us could, you know, really, really benefit from, I mean, the, the idea of, of forgiveness you don't forgive somebody so that they can go and like be merry. You forgive someone so that you, you yourself can like fucking have some peace because so many, like so many diseases, like most, most diseases are like self, most diseases are self-inflicted because like resentment, like resentment, you can even look this shit up. It's like resentment leads to arthritis and, and stress leads to cancer. I mean, like these are things that, you know, they build that up you, over time build up over time like stress will you know cause certain chemicals to whatever in your body and and over time it fucks you up with shit like a whole spectrum of diseases Mm -hmm. um but you know at the same time like having the complete opposite mindset of things can can heal you like wayne dyer like he he uh you know he's an amazing spiritual teacher he had cancer and, you know, with treatments and with and with like believing that he can get over cancer, like he, he overcame cancer. I mean, you know, it's just like, 
you feeling like you're going to, you're going to, that, that things are going to defeat you, you're going, you know, you're helping that along by believing yeah. that, you know? Yeah. So, and, you know, there's there, a Thomas Edison quote that's whether the man thinks he can or can't, he's right. Exactly. So, you know, there's that one tiny little percent that's real. And then there's like the 99% of like how, you know, like how, how you, how you make it. So again, like, you know, it's like, if you, if you're, you know, if, if, it, if it's all made up anyway, so you might, you might as well make it into something that, um, that you want to look at every day. Yeah. You know, you might as well make it onto something that, you know, so, but you know, I, you know, and that goes for looking in the mirror too. It's all made up. What we see is our choice. Might as well look at yourself and like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, you know, in terms of being vulnerable, it's like um, you. It's 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 a lot better to be able to like make those make those statements or, or create those perspectives or make those decisions about yourself. Like if you can actually look at yourself honestly first. So you believe that's step one to being able to live with vulnerability, being able to look uh, at yourself when no one's around and, and say, this is who I am. Right. I mean, even if that's to be like, oh, I'm like fucked up right now, <laughs> you know, just to embrace it, just to, yeah, what you said. <laughs> I think what you said is very important. I'm fucked up right now. Not I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up right now. Right. That gives the, the truth of the path. Do you know what I mean? Like you're on a path. Like and right now, this is what you are. And by embracing that, you can say, and tomorrow's going to be different. Like your, your soul is separate from all of the conditions. You know, your soul is, is unconditional. So all of the things that happen to you, it never, you know, those things come and go. Like you, you're angry, but you are not your anger. You're happy, but you're not your happiness. You know, you, all of those things come and go. You know, they mm -hmm. all weigh and they come and go. I mean, happiness is one of the, I mean, like, I mean, you know, that's, that's more of like a, you know, it's very, very Buddhist too, to just be like, well, I mean, really, but what, what's taught there is if you find yourself happy and then you let that go, some people will be like, oh no, I'm not happy anymore. Like, and you, when you wind up setting yourself up for a bigger letdown, then if you're just like, you know what, I'm going to let that go. And then it'll come back when it's time for it to come back. But it's, it's just allowing yourself to be centered with just you. I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am. Yeah, that's true. What things would you like to plug, endorse, things uh, you'd like to share with the world? Um, geez, well, yeah, I have a show this Wednesday at, a Where <laughs> is that? at the Bowery Electric um, in New York. Um, that's going on at 745. Uh, I also have another show at the bitter end on April 2nd. Um, that goes down around 730, but I also have an EP coming out. The release date is TBD because we're trying to make sure that it's all spiffy and you'll hear some, some of that good stuff. Uh, some of the announcements this year. Other than that, I'm just, I'm chilling. <laughs> How about, uh, you know, social media handles that people could follow you on? So I am Samantha Leon Music. So that is kind of across the board. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, actually, Twitter, I may be Sam Leon Music. I'm not really on Twitter, but Facebook and Instagram is where it's most live. Samantha Leon Music, SoundCloud. Great. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for braving your current medical condition to sit and chat with me. <laughs> Thanks so much, James. This is awesome. Thank you. Sam, thank you again for being so open. Very much appreciate that. You and I have been trying to get together for weeks now. If we can't do it in person, at least we got to do it virtually. And thank you for doing me the favor of having this conversation with me. I learned more things about you than I knew before. And we've been friends for 10 years, so that's wonderful. If you hear in the background some banging and slamming during the interview and even now maybe on the outro, I apologize. I live in New York City where I'm recording this podcast from. And uh, radiators, they love to pound and smash here in New York City for some reason. But anyway, as you can hear, being that there's a radiator on, it's February. It's that time of the year where we've hit whatever the equivalent to the dog days of summer would be in the winter. 
I think every one of us is looking forward to the spring, longer days, the clock's going ahead. People actually doing things like going outdoors and meeting up with their friends because it's actually sunny out. I know that we're all looking forward to that. So in the meantime, guys, let's get through February. Let's keep getting out there. Let's keep breaking those walls. My name is James Scully. This has been Breaking Walls episode number 35. And until next time, I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you very much.